Welcome back to another episode of the Casual Heresy Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Michael. So, let's open up in a prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for our listeners. Thank you for our friendship. Thank you for life. Thank you for the church. And thank you for all the ministries and apostolates that are in our lives and that are impact impact those and reach out to those that may not know you without without them. We thank you and praise you in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. So today, Michael, would you like to swim in for for an episode? I would like to swim in some Catholic lay apostolates. Yeah. So more more specifically, I'd like to know what you think about Catholic lay apostolates, Spencer. I think they. I mean, we have to understand what the point should be in them for starters. And I would say, well, the ultimate goal in life for anything is salvation. Bringing first, let's start. Um, what is a Catholic lay apostolate for the listeners at home? Okay. We can start there and pretend <laughs> I didn't do the other stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, it's just a Catholic lay person, as in somebody that's not in religious life, starting essentially a ministry, an apostolate for, usually for some, some of them are broader than others, but usually to reach a specific uh, demographic and with a certain devotion or, or a certain niche in in the Catholic world, if that makes sense. What do you, what do you think, Michael? Yeah, I'd say that makes sense. Um, they're kind of like any... I'd say they're any kind of group of Catholic people that has a mission of some kind. Yeah. It's like a... I mean, it's sort of like a non-profit organization, essentially. Except right. it's it's full-blown Catholic. Right. Well, uh, so let's do some examples of... Examples? Oh. How about we go back and forth and see how long we can do it? I mean, you'll probably end up winning, but... Um, Exodus 90. The Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Whew. Um, does live action count? Probably. Okay. Um, I think it's called Biking for Babies. Yeah. Yep. That's one. Um, does do the Knights count? <laughs> Knights of Columbus. Um, Ascension presents. Hmm. St. Paul Center. Life cheers. Is this a couch? <laughs> I would say so, yeah. Um, so then we could essentially just name... Yeah. Like, 
Church Militant. Technically, yes. Pints with Aquinas. Word on fire. EWTN. Um, Fit Shepherds. You're not wrong, though. You're not wrong. Um, Life Teen. Um, Joy? Is that. That might not. Whatever Christophonics one is. Is that called Joy or something? I don't know. I think he used to have something that was called Joy. Maybe it's changed to something else. But that. I'm going to go with Net Ministries. Chastity Project. Um, relevant radio. Could I double dip and say the Patrick Madrid show? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, I won't double dip like that. That's close. Um, Keith Nestor. Who is that? A Protestant pastor convert. Uh, it's not a, always a convert. Yeah. Oh. Why? As I said, then it's not a Catholic lay apostolate, but if he's a convert, then it is. But so, if it's just a Catholic, it wouldn't be. If it's if no, if it's a if it was a Protestant, it wouldn't be. But oh yeah, because you said a Protestant pastor. That's like, yeah. I don't know, man. Our Sunday visitor, Jeff Caven's show, Great American, the Great Adventurer. So. I don't know if that's Ascension or what, but... Um, oh, I can't remember. What is what is Scott Hans' thing? The thing, the institute that he just founded. Oh, St. Paul Center. I already said that. Oh, that was like my third... Oh, well then St. Paul Outreach. Are those separate? Or is those that those different are different thing? things, yeah. St. Paul Outreach is like focus. Ignatius Press. There you go. Um, uh, Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, John Paul II Institute. Um... Theology of the Body Institute. Would any university technically count? Mm, not if it's run by a religious order. I guess that. But, um... Or a diocese, so not most of them, no. <laughs> but some of them. Um, some schools and things. We don't need to go there, though. Um, the Catholic Truth. Catholic Answers. I should have said that first. <laughs> Possibly. Catholic Convert. Which is, uh, I'm pretty sure that's Steve Ray's thing. Yeah. Um, Culture Project. Um, I'll say Spiritus. Christ in the City. Casual Heresy. Whoa. I think we could just end on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I was saying, I mean, the the main focus should be, obviously they have their own, their own niche, or niche, or however you want to say. They usually have their own thing, but I, I, some are definitely better than others. Yeah, and I would say um, that the important thing is that None of those things are the church. Yeah, they are... They have... They're run by people that belong to the Catholic Church, but they are separate from the church, even if they do things that correspond with 
church teaching and stuff. And they do very important missions, too. But I think both you and I have been in situations where some of those organizations we just listed, you go to one of their events, and there's more to um, advance that own that organization more than the church. More than, yeah, more than the work of salvation and bringing people into the church. Right. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, most of those organizations are for, I don't know, under, some sort of experience or some sort of, like, ordin- ordinary experience that they're trying to get you to have or um, teach you something yeah. about the church. Yep. And I would say some of them are geared towards evangelization, but... Yeah. And some of them come off as... A, it's like... I don't know. I often wonder... It sounds bad. Or right, here's another one. Hallow. Yeah. <laughs> but, yep. uh, but, uh... Sometimes I wonder why... Some of these seem like money grabs in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I get it. When you start something, you need money, you need support to keep it running. Man, <laughs> jiggle, jiggle, wiggle, wiggle. But okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Casual heresy. Heresy? What are you talking about? The road bumps. Oh, it sounded like you were talking about the money, because you said we need money. Jiggle, jiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Just the bumpy road we're on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like some of them, it, it's like oh, pr- if you want to pray or get closer to God, give us money. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say I think um, the three ones that come to mind in a bad way for that would be, and I'm not willing. I'll, I'll call them out. Exodus ninety. Um, Exodus ninety. Focus and hallow. Yeah. Like. All three of those are good in their own right. They do very good things for the church. But if you're at a focus event, there are more things advancing focus than there are advancing the church. And yeah. I've had arguments with focus missionaries, but I think you were there for some of them. Like, where I try to say, you know, this isn't actually the church. You know, this isn't how people will achieve salvation. And they're like, well, can you think of a better way? Um, how about join a parish and <laughs> like read the gospel? I don't know. Like Curtis Martin's a smart guy, but he's not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Exodus 90, it's like, okay, this, this fraternity and aestheticism and this is all a, this prayer. It's a good thing to do once maybe twice if you if somebody else is wanting to do it but we'll do it once they have accountability other than that and hallow sort of goes along with this it's like you're it's getting you to pray and maybe pray consistently maybe just yeah to to give you a boost in your prayer life but it's not your prayer life your prayer life is not listening to jonathan rumi in yeah. your ear as you go to sleep or father mike that 
sure maybe that's soothing to you but it's not yeah. it's not the most fruitful prayer and it's not a substitute for having a active parish community and i think a lot of people especially in our generation of the church treat lay apostolates like a viable replacement for community and then it ultimately just becomes a cult like a in i mean there's all kinds of cults obviously like it's it has a bad connotation to it but yeah the and I mean the bad connotation when I mean these cults. It's like everybody becomes the same person, and there's they all have the same closed-minded uh, mindset yeah. of an odd obsession for this apostolate and ministry without bringing the Word of God into other people's lives for the sake of their life and salvation. I think ultimately the, the, some of these oftentimes these apostolates get caught up in the, the culture's way of growth, which isn't a bad thing because growth is good, but then they, that is more meaningful to them than, than the whole, probably the reason why they initially started it like with good intention it just becomes a numbers game yeah and i i i don't want to bash cuz that's not what i want not really what i want to talk about but i mean i do i mean this is what i want to talk about i don't want to sit here and bash lay apostolates that have some members that do things that are probably not what was originally intended um but i do think there are some that kind of miss you know, like when you're people graft a tree to make like a new kind of apple, you know, mm. and, and the tree can reject that and grow outside the graft and kind of become this like gnarled thing that's not really any kind of apple that you would want to eat. And I feel like that's what can easily happen to a, a lay apostolate. Like if it doesn't actually stay true to what its mission was. Like it's good thing. It's a good thing to have organization within the lay arm of the church, because I mean, a religious order is just that. It's not the church either. It's an order for the religious people in the church, the either the ordained or the the technically that's called lay religious, but um, yeah. the consecrated, ordained to the consecrated, um, and it. A lot of those are similar. The knights are closer to an order than anything else. Society of St. Vincent de Paul is closer to an order than anything else. You know? In fact, some of those... I think uh, St. Vincent's might have a religious order counterpart. You know? Hmm. Another one you want to hear? Catholics for choice. Technically, Technically, yes. That is also technically what you would call that Catholic vote which yeah. is I I would tend to say Catholic vote tends to be good but not always I mean there's plenty of times I've read something from Catholic vote and it's very clearly politicizing some aspect of the church that doesn't need to be politicized yep but that's yeah it's like an overstep in 
their apostolate. <laughs> yeah. Or I think about like um, when Focus has tried to shift its attention towards evangelizing parishes. It's like I think there's a there there has to be a point where they shift its attention towards evangelizing parishes. It's like I think there's a there there has to be a point where they just let the natural structures of the church grow, you know? Yeah. Like they have their they have Estovir. I think that's part of focus. Which obviously is like a good cool thing. It's bringing men together to learn how to live out a Catholic life as a Catholic man. Oh, I just thought of one. That man is you. Do you know that man is you? I've heard of it. Yeah. I've never been to a that man is you meeting, but I've heard good things about it. But I think it's kind of similar to Estovir in that respect. But yeah, all of these have good... I mean, yeah, if we if you think we've bashed some of these, I mean, yeah. we've had some experiences of bashable things. Right. <laughs> but they all have good in them but it's those things can be abused and misused and then the goods sort of rot because yeah. like when you have a group of lay people who have gathered together for the express purpose of fulfilling a mission a specific mission within the church whether that be education evangelization um growth of community, fraternal development, um, social improvement, healthcare, anything, you know, once that becomes more important than the salvation of souls and aiding in that work, I don't know, you know, that's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty gray area there. (laughs) And I've noticed, I think this is kind of a distinctly American phenomenon because it's kind of almost Protestant in a way if that makes sense come follow me the quote unquote pastor of the the head of this organization Mm -hmm. and the ideas of this organization and the the atmosphere and culture of this organization Mm -hmm. I've I'm the founder of this chapel and I have these really important and useful ideas that are going to reform the church back to what it should be. There's a primarily arrogant thing in that, that you have to be, you have to think pretty highly of yourself to, to believe that, for starters. Yeah. Yeah, so like the arrogance to, there's an element that that's needed. Like there are great saints that realized the church needed reform and reformed it. There are also great heretics that tried to do that. And I think that's what scares me when I you, you meet a college student and they have all kinds of focus paraphernalia and swag and you ask them about their faith and they start quoting a Curtis Martin Bible study. You know, and it's like, okay, who, what is your faith in? You know? I mean, that's like St. Paul says, you don't, you have faith in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have faith 
in any of these people. I mean, if you're listening to this, you don't don't have faith in me and Spencer either. We are literally two dudes driving around in a car, spewing random thoughts. Well, not always in a car, but <laughs> right. But I mean, and they're not totally random. They're what we think. Um, Sometimes over the top, but right. But I mean, we have uh, this. This is. I have yet to have a conversation with a Catholic recently without it ending up in an appeal to authority. And by that, I mean, like, when was the last time you talked to a Catholic and they had a well-formed opinion of something? Um, but that opinion was when you're like, well, why do you think that? And they're like, well, Matt Fred says this. Well, Scott Hahn says this. Well, Michael Voris says this. You know, well, Taylor Marshall, well, uh, Father... Uh, Michael, what's his name? Uh, Father Mike Schmitz? Not Father Mike Schmitz, the other guy, the Jesuit. Oh, Father James Martin? Father James Martin, Father Michael. Father James Martin says this, you know? It's an appeal to an authority, and in a way that's ironic. I know any Protestant listening to this would think it's ironic that a Catholic is pointing out appeal to an authority as a fallacy. But the authority we're appealing to is not divinely appointed, you know? Yeah, because it's not, I mean, it's not canon, and it's not right magisterially accepted, <laughs> necessarily. All of those people are, they have wisdom to contribute, you know? They, yep. they have written, most of them written a ton. Go ahead and read their books. You will learn things from their books. They are citing other people. And I... I know the last time I had a conversation where the person actually knew the source theology themselves, and that was probably the last time I talked to John in person. Um, your your old story. Yeah, you guys know John, and I mean that that was probably the last time I had a conversation with someone because I do that too. We both do that. It's it's not. And I don't mean that in, as in an in accusatory way, but, like, we all do it, and it's, I mean, especially our day and age at this point, I mean, yeah, we got to realize what what is truth, and how do we go about getting it, and how do we go about spreading it? And Jesus claimed to be the truth, so. Right. And I think that's where it's, like, don't just stop at this is the problem I see in our generation of the church don't just stop at I listen to this podcast and this guy th thinks what he thinks and I think he's right so I'm going to cite him as my source you go back to we'll do an easy example because it's in the name of his show why does Matt Frad think the way that he does because he uh Summa Theologica, or whatever you how you pronounce it, the because Thomas Aquinas's writings and what he wrote way back in the day, and I think it's fair to call Matt Frad a Thomist because of that. Yeah, and there's all kinds of philosophies like that, and I think and theologies like that. I should even say, so don't just stop it. I'm not saying don't listen to Matt Fratt. Matt Fratt has a lot of wisdom. I'm saying listen to Matt Fratt. Say, he said this thing that I really liked. You know? But then don't cite him as the authority. I don't even think he would like that. 
like he's as I think he said in the last I, I mean I listened to Pints with Aquinas the last time I listened to him I think it was either him or Scott Hahn said I'm standing on the the shoulders of giants yeah into not um yeah I think he was saying how he's not like worthy to even be listened to and yeah <laughs> calls himself like a knucklehead half the time or something <laughs> not that that's true um yeah, and I think Scott Hahn is actually another really good example of that. Scott Hahn has read a ton of books, and I think he knows his stuff. He's a convert from Presbyterianism, which Presbyterians, it's a kind of a stereotype within Protestantism, but they are the intellectual Protestants, right? And so he came from that, and he he found the truth in Catholicism, and he read his... He did his homework while he was converting, you know? Yeah, so I, I think to, taking some someone's out of talk or whatever they say with a grain of salt, and, I mean, you can always get multiple sources for things that people say and you can confirm whether what they're saying is true or opinionated. And I would also say, I would also say, um, lay apostolates are a good thing. There's no in knowledge not worth knowing, if that makes sense. There's no wisdom not worth having. Maybe I should put it that way. Um, no matter who you're talking to, there's always something to be learned from that person. And that goes for if you're listening to someone, if you're volunteering with a mission, with a particular apostolate, there's always something to be learned. What advice do you have uh, for our listeners for how to pick an apostolate? Yeah, so well, oftentimes, I think people get, like anything in our culture and in life, we're seeking God, and we often, oftentimes, when we have these emotions and have these, what we think sometimes of, like, intellectual knowledge that oh this this is fully like we have to be all in on this and this is only and we become cult followers or apostolate followers into to the point where it's not really fruitful anymore but f for advice and helping to find one i th i would say i mean like anything ask around and see what people have to say and I don't know maybe take one step in on some things just to see what it's about because that's ultimately the only way you'll be able to know actually how well an apostolate is ran but obviously I mean what do you what kind of devotions do you have within your faith what kind of um passions do you have i think that's a that's a big thing depending on i mean are you passionate about throwing an axe and exercising okay then do fit shepherds <laughs> are you passionate about prayer and brotherhood okay do exodus 90 now i'm not saying do these things the whole time or I mean, there's multiple things for both of these. There's there's other ones like them both yeah. out there. Which like, one's going to fit you best? 
like if you love serving, if you like the idea of serving the poor, if you like the idea of serving the sick, if you like the idea of serving the homeless, um, visiting the homebound, uh, working with the youth, um, working with the elderly, there's like a million different opportunities for any one of those things. And I guess the only advice I would give is there's often, you'll find a large apostolate that is like not boastful like you may not even know its name but you see its fruit everywhere you know mm-hmm. uh, St. Paul Outreach comes to mind Net Ministries comes to mind they're not in it for their organization they're in it for the church you know yep. um and there's things like that everywhere. It doesn't have to be big, but I think you can tell really by whether or not it stood the test of time. And you'll know it by its fruits. Yep. You want to end us in a prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this conversation. We thank you for this time together. Um, we thank you for our, our audience. We thank you for the community that you have surrounded us with. Uh, We ask you to be with all of our listeners tonight or today or whenever they're listening. Uh, We thank you for the gift of apostolates. We thank you for the gift of the church and all of the work that we as the Catholic laity are called to do within within the church. Um, We ask you to bless all of that and to be the Lord of our hearts. Um, We ask all this through your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Follow us if you'd like, and until next time, God bless you all. Peace! And follow us if you don't like.